Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download today using code PHNX, place a $1 bet on any NFL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. It's just that easy. Good morning. It's episode 24. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan, and we are joined today by special guest ASU head coach Greg Powers is back for his second appearance on our show. Greg, you... You're officially like a, you have like elite status now with us. Hey, hey, hey you know, I got to have it with somebody. <laughs> I'm not going to probe further on that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, thanks for joining us. Um, we'll get right into it. You, you've played a couple series now against UMass Lowell and Denver. When we talked before the season, you cited two of these two series as two of the keys to your season. And I'm guessing you knew these were these were going to be really challenging series right off the bat. So, what are your main takeaways from from those four games, pluses and minuses? Yeah, you know, I think you know the Lowell series was we were a little disappointed. We we really you know we got the the, the first game and and didn't play our best. The power play was really good, and then um, you know took a took a five minute major to start the second game and got down two, climbed back into it and. Uh, and really thought we were we were positioned to to get a home sweep and, and start the way we wanted to start, and um, they kind of scored a stinker on us, and it 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 uh, and it kind of let the wind out of our sails there, it, it, you know. So it was it, at the end of the day, it was a split that's certainly not going to hurt us because they're a really good team, and I think they're going to be, you know, as soon as everything kind of stabilizes in college hockey after about a month of play, I think they're going to be a, a consistently you know ranked top fifteen team. So it, it it won't it won't be a split that hurts us, but but obviously when you're at home and you're tied, you know, late in the game, <clears throat> you want to you want to win games, you know, and and we don't like losing at home. We like taking care of home ice. So that was uh, a disappointing split, you know, because of the nature of how it happened. And then certainly we knew what we were going to get into up in Denver. I mean, they're they're, they're you're going to see they're going to be a top three team all year. They're incredibly deep and talented and skilled and move the puck probably better than anybody we've played in a long time, you know, that, I mean, outside of maybe Michigan, but um, so just a really good team, tough environment. Um, and what we learned, I think more than anything was, was just, we got a lot of new faces that are, that are trying to learn how we want to play, <clears throat> you know, and, and when you got half the lineup and, and that, kind of circumstance you're gonna you're gonna start struggle a little bit and i think our guys struggled a little bit with the altitude up there they struggled with 
um, you know, for a lot of them, it was the first time playing in front of fans at this level and, and, and in that nature, even the sophomores because of what we did last year. So, the, you know, it was it was a tough weekend. Um, and uh, and we bounced back pretty well on on Saturday and, and again, had a had a lead late in the, the second period. And and then they, they scored off a face off and, and it was really disappointing. And, and you know, we, we dropped one by a goal. So. Um, we've learned a lot about our team and, and moving forward, you know, our confidence has not wavered even a little bit. We're, we're very confident in what we have and, and really believe we can go on a run starting this weekend. One of the bright spots from the last two weekends, um, your power play is clicking at a ridiculous rate, 11 for 21, 52.4%, which is second in NCAA division one. What parts both structurally and personnel are making it so successful? Well, on that top unit, it's just, it's just sets up so well, you know, and Alex Hicks does a great job with them and you know, he's got, he's got some serious talent to work with now that, that just sets up perfectly really for the first time. Um, and it's showing, I mean, you have, you know, Timmy level up top running. It is, is one of the most dynamic defensemen, you know, in college hockey. And he just is so deceptive and has so much puck poise and is so smart. Uh, and then when you put donor, you know, on, on one flank and then cop rut on another, um, you know, it, it, it makes it lethal. And then, then the, really the guys that make it, make it click are the, the other two guys, you know, Colin Tyson in the middle and then Jack Becker is just a big mule in front. And he's always net front. He's always giving the goalie fits and, and getting screens and, and they're, they just retrieve pucks and, and, and it's hard for teams to get clears when, you have those two guys, they're just dogs on pucks and they're, they're just getting loose pucks and getting it up to Timmy and he's setting up shops. So it's just, it's a, it's a unit that just is, is, is really comprised of the perfect personnel um, when you're running a one, three, one and, and, and they're playing like it. So their confidence is really high. And then the other unit popped two goals this weekend. So, um, you know, Johnny got a goal and then he had a beautiful assist. So when you have a unit, you know, like the one that's just clicking at a, at a really high rate, it raises the, the, it raises the bar for everybody. And, and our second unit really got it going this weekend as well. So we feel very confident in both. And, and uh, that's, that's certainly the bright spot of our, our team right now. Glad you mentioned puck retrievals. It's, it's one of the most overlooked aspects of a successful power play in my opinion. And yeah, you're uh, from what I was seeing, you guys are, are doing a really good job of that, but you, you touched on some individuals that I want to dive into a little more. Uh, let's start with Matthew Copperot, who's, who's off to another ridiculous start, just like he did last season, just finding that spot with that, where he likes to shoot from as, as you guys have said, he'll, he'll shoot from anywhere, but he seems to have a home in that one particular spot. What are you seeing from him in his second season in the program? Well, he's, he's obviously, you know, he, he's a kid that just knows how to score, you know, and, and he's, he's fun to watch play and, and he, you know, look, he's got a lot to clean up in, in other aspects of his game, but at the end of the day, we let him play and, and, and that's why he's so successful because he, he just knows how to put the puck in the net and he loves the score. He just loves it. He puts in work. I mean, yesterday was a, a day off and he, he's at the rink shooting pucks, you know, and, and he wants it. He wants to get better and, and, he just loves to loves to play. He's just a hockey player. He's a rink rat, and and you know once we can clean up, you know some of the other aspects of his game and little details and little habits, I think the sky's the limit for the kid. What are the some of those other habits? Just just taking care of the puck, you know, like not trying to do too much. You know, he he 
he needs to give it up to get it back and, and, and not try and do too much when he's, you know, 150 feet away from our net. Um, and once he starts realizing that and just managing the puck a little bit better, um, he, he's going to be an all American, you know, player and, and have a chance to move on. You mentioned Tim, did you know exactly what his role was going to be before he even arrived here? Did you have a sense of that? Timmy Lovell? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We knew he, he, I mean, we recruited him really hard, you know, when he was, he was, you know, coming out of junior and, and we were a finalist and he literally, like, I thought he was coming to us the first time around his, his, his dad literally called me on Christmas day saying, Hey, you're going to get this kid. And then, and then the kid called me later that day and told me he was going to Ohio state and ruined my Christmas. Yeah, seriously. Giving um, a present, you know, <laughs> exactly. And so, so we we went after him because we just thought he was a special player from from the word go, and just dynamic and unique and in every way. And um, and he ended up going to Boston College, and then obviously, you know, didn't love his experience for whatever reason, and went into the portal. And and we said, let's take another crack. And and he's here, and and we couldn't be happier that he's here, you know. And and so we knew what we were getting. We 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 he's another kid that you just kind of got to let him play. You got he's he's unique and um and and dynamic, and 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 you kind of just kind of take the reins off and let him go and. And you see what's happening, you know, with doing that. All right. The last guy that I wanted to touch on is a guy that obviously everyone here in the Valley is focused on Josh Doan. Um, He has a goal and seven points in four games. Coaches talk a lot about guys finding ways to impact a game. Are you seeing that from Josh, even in his freshman season? Yeah. I mean, Josh, you know, the the line, obviously the line share of his production has all been on the power play and he's got an elite brain. That's, that's what, really makes him special is, is the, his ability to see the ice and, and think a step ahead and make plays. Um, and that's why he's such a good player. Um, and then I, I, you can see him because he's just so smart and so competitive. I mean, that pace that Denver plays at is a pace that he's never played at ever. And, but you can see a kid like that, that, that has the upside Josh has, you know, flipped the switch halfway through that second game and he adjusted to the speed and, and then he started to make plays and, and compete and make an impact five on five really for the first time all season. Cause Lowell was a, a smothering hard checking team skating bit, you know, don't give you any time and space. And so he, you know, he didn't struggle five on five, but he, he hadn't really made an impact yet five on five. And then he started to against Denver. Um, and so, you know, I, I think I think it's one of those things where he just he just is going to rise to the level because it's just what special players do, and um, and then soon he's going to dominate it. So Cole Brady made his first two starts in Denver. Um, the numbers were not fantastic. It was a seven oh seven goals against average, a point eight six one save percentage. What is your evaluation of his performance? Yeah, well, I think Friday, obviously, you know, the, he he probably would want a couple back. He actually had a really good start on Friday. Um, you know, we're tied one-one with about a minute thirty left in the first period, and 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 we're not taking care of the puck in front of him, and and then we blink and we're down three-one, and it was pretty much game over. And then we went back out, and that's when Cole struggled in that game. He he, he let in a few goals that that he's going to want back, and that that we expect our goalies to stop and. It just kind of steamrolled from there. And I didn't feel 
you know, I, obviously Ben was good against UMass Lowell, and and Cole is is again. People know how how high we are on him and how much upside he has and how much we believe in him. But he he you know he just came off of another bout of mono. He just you know was his first start in five months after hip surgery in a really tough environment, and and the team didn't play well in front of him. And I just didn't feel like it was fair to not give him another shot. You know, and, and, and so I threw him back in on Saturday um, and he was unbelievable. Like he was unbelievable. So the numbers right now are skewed because it's been two games and, and, and he had one bad one and, and there's a lot of reasons why, but, but he, he, he held us in that game Saturday and none of their goals were bad goals. They're all really good goals. And I don't think many goalies are going to stop. Um, and, uh, and his confidence is up. The team's confidence is, 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 high on him because of what they saw and how he bounced back and, and played on Saturday. So again, we, we, we love our depth there. Ben's a hell of a goalie. He's going to get his time too. And, um, and he's off to a good start. He came in in relief on Friday and was really good. Um, so it was tempting to, to throw him in. And, and a lot of people thought I was crazy for not doing it, but I'm glad I didn't because Cole's confidence is where it needs to be now. Speaking of small sample sizes, um, penalty killing has been a hallmark of your program. And again, more than four games, but um, the, the numbers at least uh, don't suggest success. Are you seeing something different or do you have some concerns about that unit? No, well, you know, and again, I think <clears throat> I think it's such a small sample size that it's not fair to, to totally judge yet. Um and the trend is good. I mean, we were seven for seven on the kill on Saturday. You know, we don't want to see our kill have to kill seven penalties. But um, and Friday it struggled. It struggled, I think, because there were some soft goals <clears throat> that need to be saved. Your best penalty killer has got to be your goalie. Yep. You know, and he struggled in the second period when they popped a few power play goals on us. Um, and uh, and then figuring out you know, what personnel we're, we're going to use. And I think we, 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 you know, we went with primarily four guys up front that, <clears throat> excuse me, I can't clear my throat, um, that did a great job and, and, and killed seven out of seven penalties on Saturday. So their, their confidence is back up and, and our confidence is back up in it. And Friday, to be honest, I mean, it was just a choppy, really, really poorly played game. Um, I mean, we were in the box for 28 minutes and it, it just, it, I mean, and then when you have to kill that much, they're going to get tired and it's going to, it just, it just wasn't, it just wasn't our night, you know? And, um, and so we got to clean that up. Obviously it's just, just the stick penalties and all that stuff. And, and, you know, it, games are officiated differently in different conferences. And that's something that, um, we've learned the hard way being an independent, you know, and, and last year we had consistent officiating in one league because all we did was play in the big 10 and we were second least penalized team in the country, you know, and then last weekend against Lowell, we didn't pray to the box. We had big 10 officiating. It's something we're used to with their points of emphasis. And then you go up there and it's completely different. And, um, and on Friday, our guys just paraded the box and, and, Obviously, some calls I did not like at all, and and some of them were just stick penalties that we have to avoid. So, um, you know, bottom line is our kill is going to be fine, um, but but we got to see a lot less of it. Yeah, and and speaking of that, um, that many penalties can also disrupt other parts of your game. Even even not not even the guys that are tired from being out there killing, it can disrupt your flow at five on five. And I wanted to ask you about five on five 
if my math is correct, and that's always in question, by the way, I believe you've been outscored 14 to two at five on five. What's happening there? What are you seeing? And what, what are you looking for moving forward? Yeah. I mean, I think I'll, you know, a lion's share of that is obviously the Denver series, but, um, so it's one series that, that that we got you know dominated, and so that'll even out. You know, first and foremost, we're not we're not possessing the puck enough in the offensive zone. So we're going to do some things this week that will improve you know our offensive zone possession time and sustain pressure and and put teams on their heels a little bit more. Our forecheck deal detail is is not great. Uh, I think our forwards are doing a pretty good job, but our D need to get more involved. You got to have a five man, everything really in, in today's game, and and so we need to we need to possess the puck more and sustain more ozone possession, and that's a huge emphasis in practice this week. Um, and then, like you said, I mean, when you're when you're going to the box, I mean, you're, we're in the box half the game, we're 28 minutes, and 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 then they took some penalties and then powerful, so it, it's guys are cold and and there's no flow and and it's hard for guys on our special teams to get into it so it was just it was just a a you know all around kind of crap weekend in every way and and uh but we learned a lot about our team and and certainly you know five on five play and i said it after the game on saturday to the guys and it's it's like i said the biggest focus all week has got to got to improve drastically if we're going to have the season we think we're capable of having so we talked about Doan. Um, what else have you seen from the rest of your freshman class? And then a second part to that question, what about the veterans? So how are the freshmen yeah, doing? It, and then what about the veterans? Well, I think the freshman D this weekend were great. You know, Merch and, and Schmaggy were, were really good. I thought <clears throat> to, to step into that environment, which they've never played in front of that many people and, and, and that type of, uh, you know, kind of hostile environment in altitude against a team that good handled themselves incredibly well. Like uh, they're going to be two really good players for us. Um, Merch was, was good and Schmaggy was really good. And, and you could argue he was maybe our best D. Um, so we love what we see out of them and, and we think they're really going to take off, you know, and, and have learned a lot about what they need to do at this level through four games um, with big roles on, a, on an older team. And then, you know, uh, guys like Jack Jensen didn't, didn't have great, a great weekend, but again, it was such a tough, you know, for, you know, for a kid like that, and he's sitting cold through a lot of kills and whatnot. Um, you know, he, he, he's still a hell of a player and I think he's going to have a really good bounce back weekend here against UNH and, Donor's donor, and and um, and then uh, who am I missing? Um, who am I missing? I got we got five. Oh, Niedermeyer, yeah, yeah, he was great. Like Niedermeyer was, he was. I mean, he scored a big power play goal, and I think he had you know more hits than anybody on Saturday, which we need to be. We need to be more physical. We need to finish more checks, and and he had some big hits and and did a lot of really good things. So Jackson got in against a tough, tough team in a tough, tough environment. And from Friday to Saturday, just, you know, made leaps and bounds. And, and you know, I mean, he, we knew he had an unbelievable release and the goal he scored in the power play was special. And so he he's going to be a good one. He's really going to be a good one. And he's just going to get better and better and better. And then those veteran players, um, how did they perform for you in the last two weekends? Uh, not good enough. Not good enough. Um, it's, it's really as simple as that. And, and they know it, 
and they know what we expect out of them. We, we built this team around veteran guys. I mean, some of them played okay, but we need more. We, we need more. We need, we need to be harder to play against. We need to be way harder on four checks and, and then our detail needs to be better. We need to, we need to obviously play better five and five. And, um, those guys need to lead the way. We built this team around them for them and, and, um, and the expectations are high, you know, so we need more out of them. I, I'm looking down your schedule. Um, you know, you got UNH, as you mentioned, next Colgate, they're a combined five and zero right now you get St. Thomas and then, then you get Quinnipiac number eight in the country. Thoughts on the immediate schedule. You, you didn't duck tough games. Did you early in the season? No, not at all. You know, we, again, we, 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 we truly believe once we're clicking and, and playing downhill, which we, we expect to happen very soon, um, that we can go on a serious run and, and uh, it doesn't matter who we play. And we, we, you know, with the amount of home games we have, it's doable. Uh, certainly those first four games, you can't really probably conjure up a, m- a more difficult four games to start with the nature of how Lowell plays. Um, and, th- and then obviously on the road at Denver and altitude is, is, is tough for anybody. And so we're weathered now. We, we've seen it. We've been through it. We've played two different styles. Of, of opponents, both very good. Um, and, and the guys are, you know, they're, they're going to have a chip on the shoulder come Friday. Like I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You can sense it. And, and nobody's happy with where we're at from a record standpoint, but the good news is we have a, a full season in front of us, a 32 games left. And, and, you know, we're, we're, we're going to focus on us, you know, and, 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 you know, get that swagger back and play with a chip on our shoulder and people that come out to Oceanside are going to see that on Friday. How much do you, how much do you actually pay attention to what else is happening around the D one ranks, Greg? Uh, And, and has anything, you know, in terms of developments or players or teams surprised you? Yeah. I mean, I I pay attention. I pay a, a, a great detail of attention to men. I'm on, I'm on, uh, both voting polls. So, I mean, you kind of got to do your due diligence and pay attention to, to that. So you can, you can, you know, uh, do an honest job of, of, of voting. Um, and can you talk and to some so, of my uh, professional hockey writers association brethren. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, Sorry um, for that. Slide. Yeah. Well, you see, you see the college football polls and you get, you know, guys voting for Arizona, like, like, because they think that it's Arizona state. It's just, it's a pet peeve. Like if you're going to be on a poll, like do it right. You know? Um, so I pay, I pay attention and, 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 and we're all college hockey fans. And, and so, you know, obviously you want to monitor, you know, the teams that, that you play and that are coming up and how they're doing. And, and like you said, I mean, UNH is two and O and then we go to Colgate and they're three and O and they could easily be five and O by the time we go there. Um, and, and that, it sets up well for us. We, we have to play to a pairwise ranking to, to get into the NCAA tournament. And so everybody that we play win, lose or draw, we cheer for that. we want them to win all their games because that just raises the level of, of difficulty in our schedule strength and, and rewards you that much more for, for wins as they, they succeed. So we have a great opportunity in front of us. The UNH is going to win a lot of games and, and we're in a situation where we feel like we have to go and, and, and absolutely get a win on Friday. Um, 
and and get on a little bit of a roll and then go to a potentially five and zero Colgate team and get a couple of huge road wins. So we, we we're looking our chops, which sets up well for us and and to to get this thing rolling in in a really positive direction. All right, Greg. Before we let you go, I got to go back to opening night against UMass Lowell. Um, Oceanside was just bananas that, that night. Uh, I had to park, by the way, in a, a business park about a half a mile away because there's no way I was getting into that lot. I, I did the walk. I walk up and Shane Doan is acting basically as a bouncer outside the arena. Then I get inside and Paul Bissonette is banging the glass behind the net. I felt like I was at like the hottest nightclub in the city that night. That atmosphere is unbelievable. I'm curious, how much energy do you guys get from that sort of atmosphere and do you think that can transfer when you move into the the new arena, which is going to be much bigger? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, we're we're going to have to make it transfer, you know, and and do so, we're going to be able to do so many cool, unique things with student sections and 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 all that stuff. And the the the, the I mean, obviously, the atmosphere is is electric and it's fun. We love playing here. Um, it was a it was a great night, you know, and the nature and how we came back and won and scored two late power play goals to seal it was great. The place was going nuts and um and and so we're looking forward to that again on friday we're just going to embrace we got 18 games left here we're going to embrace every one of them the goal is to win every single one of them and we can do it um and uh you know it's it's like you said it's 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 i think we're just going to focus on really enjoying having those 18 games and and then looking forward to the future and doing some really cool things that we've never been able to do. I mean, they, that's the thing, like the way this building is constructed. I mean, the student section and that standing room only section is just bananas packed down on the other end, but we can't really see it or hear it from, from our bench because they're right up against the glass. So a lot of that sound just bounces off the glass and goes up, you know, in other places and other areas. So it's not, it's not like from our bench, unless you're on the ice as one of our players then you get to experience it, but that's the port. That's really the part of the arena that that's, that's the craziest. And, um, you know, I think the, the, the good thing is, is the visiting team bench has to experience that kind of claustrophobic feel more than us. You ever had someone spill something on you from the press box above? <laughs> <laughs> not yet. And we're just hoping that we get through 18 games without it falling on us. He <laughs> <laughs> tips that water bottle over and pours it on you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh. All right, man. Thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Best of luck in this next series, but uh, thanks as always for joining us. Great. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. That's ASU hockey coach, Greg powers joining us on the PHNX coyotes podcast. It's time for some reads, isn't it, Leah? It, it certainly is. And, you know, while he was talking, I was curious, you know, he was mentioning keeping eyes on the other ranks. So I was curious where DraftKings has ASU projected in terms of best odds um, to win the NCAA championship. They are currently at plus 15,000, which is kind of like middle of the the second half of the of the group um best odds right now are michigan plus 400 which isn't surprising considering no, the fact that <laughs> what was it four of the five top picks in this year's draft were from michigan so that doesn't yeah, surprise me it'll be going it's just insane what's happening there i know it's crazy so we'll keep tabs on on those odds as the asu season goes on and it was also interesting to hear coach powers talk about or when we had him on the show before the season began to hear him now, you know, he still has a positive outlook. Obviously there's adjustments that need to be made, but I'll be curious to see how ASU 
um, does going forward. But if you want to get in on those odds either now or later or any of the odds on drafting sportsbook you can do so by signing up using the promo code phnx and if you bet just one dollar on any nfl game you'll win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a point which the last zero zero tie was 1943 so it's pretty much a no-brainer um and you can also win more money by combining multiple bets in a same game parlay for a bigger payout. So lots of stuff you can do on DraftKings. It's safe, secure, and reliable. So download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now using the code PHNX and bet just $1 on any NFL game. That's 21 and over, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And, you know, PD is still... Not here. He's in Connecticut for the start of NHL season on ESPN. So in his absence, we have to carry the weight of doing his ad reads. And for some reason, I said I would do it today. So I apologize in advance because it will not be the same as either PD's or Craig's beautiful read yesterday. Support for the PHNX Coyotes podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped, the leaders in male grooming. Their fourth generation performance package absolutely changed the grooming game along with the refined body wash to round out your hygiene routine. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped for their shower time routine by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using the code PHNX. There's a lot of stuff at Manscaped besides just the lawnmower 4.0. Um, gels body wash there's nose hair trimmers everything like that um actually manscaped sent me my own lawnmower 4.0 so you know maybe i'll give it a try um that's 20 off and free shipping with the code phnx at manscaped.com keep your whole body trimmed fresh and cleaned with manscaped how'd i do that was <laughs> i perfect. kept it very pg <laughs> there you go as you should, as you should. Yeah. <laughs> very much so all right well before we um, wrap up here we just want to um, address the fact that the coyotes made some final roster cuts were they yep. final or some of the last well, nothing's ever final in the nhl it's it's the 23 man final for, for now <laughs> yeah yeah for opening opening night in columbus we we know the roster now um they reassigned ryan mcgregor and barrett hayton more notably to tucson um and then they put Alex Galchenyuk and Kyle Capobianco on IR. Both are out with injuries listed as week to week. So that gets you to the 23 man. We'll see how long those those guys are going to be out. But a couple points off of that. First of all, as I mentioned, Barrett Hayton. We've been wondering for a while what they were going to do. Um, they just made the roster decision late yesterday. So we haven't had a chance to talk yet about the, the, the thinking behind that, I, I suspect that it's going to be that they in fact do think Barrett needs at least a chunk of development time in the AHL just needs to play games, all situations, heavy minutes. I'll get a chance to talk with Bill Armstrong with that about that at some point soon. But as it stands right now, Travis Boyd is the number four center. So I personally, I think that's the best decision at this point, especially because Barrett didn't play the entire preseason. He played early and got hurt. So he probably needs some time to work himself back into game game situations, not necessarily conditioning, but give him some time down there. We'll see how that goes. The other thing that really jumped out at me is because Capo Bianco is on IR, and I don't know if these are related, Victor Soderstrom stayed. He, you know, one of their former first-round picks is with the team right now, and Andre Tournier has been playing him on the third pair with Ilya Labushkin 
also a right-handed defenseman playing the left side. Andre said that Ilya played some on the left side in the KHL when he was with Yaroslav with Lokomotiv. So we'll see if that sticks. I, I'm really curious what they do when Capo Bianco is healthy. Do they keep Soderstrom here and send Capo Bianco back down to Tucson? Or does Kyle Capo Bianco, a left-hander, jump onto that left side? You move Ilya back over to the right side, which is still his more natural position. And you keep the thumper, uh, Vladislav Provolneva, as your number seven defenseman. I still think Victor Soderstrom needs more development time. I see too many areas away from the puck where he needs work. But, you know, both both Andre and Bill Armstrong on our show yesterday said he's earned the spot. So we'll see how how well he takes advantage of that opportunity. Very true. And as always, we're always looking to see how people will do. You know, we've been talking about lineup projections for weeks. Another um, name that stood out as making the opening night roster was Liam O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the beard alone. I, I have to do a story simply on Liam O'Brien's beard, which continues to grow. hes I, I'm convinced he's not trimming it because every time I see him, it looks longer. So maybe I, I got to Maybe he uses Manscaped, Craig, <laughs> to keep it. Maybe nice he, and he could trimmed. use Manscaped, but he, uh, he, he showed so much in the preseason. We've talked about this on the show. He plays the way that Bill Armstrong wants this team. He wants their character to be, and I think he plays the way that Andre Turin, you wants to play as well. He's got an edge to his game, a lot of work. I, I'm, I'm not saying that he's going to be a point producer, but he's a guy who can play in your bottom six, give you toughness, give you grit, give you edge, give you hustle. He's done all those things. He did enough to make this opening night roster. Now, if Alex Galchenyuk's healthy, is he still here? I don't know. Maybe we're talking about a different situation. But as it turns out, he's on the roster for now. Good for him. Um, and then another note that I should bring up, uh, Phil Kessel, it seems like he's going to be in the uh, opening night roster. Both Bill Armstrong and Andre Turigny said they're confident from what they've seen in practice. He hasn't officially been cleared by the doctors yet, but everything is trending toward Phil Kessel playing and probably continuing that Ironman streak he's on. Well, Craig, you'll be traveling to Columbus um, and you'll be there. And the next time we'll talk will be our post-game show um, after that first game. Um, any final notes before before we move on? And and I can't believe the next time we'll talk, we're talking will be an NHL regular season post-game show. I mean, we, we did it. We made it. Um, any final notes? Are you looking forward to your trip? Yeah. I mean, I, I always like being there. I think it's important to to be there, not, not necessarily every road game, but I think a presence on the road is really important. You get a, you get a much better feel for a team and a different feel for a team when you travel with them. So looking forward to seeing what this team can do. Um, again, I know a lot of people like their preseason. We'll see what, how much of that carries over. I'm curious about Carter Hutton as well. He only played five periods. I wrote about this, you know, they felt like he got enough work, but he's going more than a week in between games. So we'll see how he responds to that. They're, there are obviously a ton of questions surrounding this team. Now it's time to start getting some answers. True. And, you know, I've been checking every day to see if the game lines are up for the uh, Coyotes' first game in Columbus and then their second game in Buffalo. I'm just really curious, especially the Buffalo one, what the odds are going to be. Um, they're not on there yet, but you can bet on NHL games on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So check that out if you want to start getting into hockey betting been a lot of football for a long time but hockey's finally here it's nhl opening night tonight um super excited about that so make sure you check out the drafting sportsbook app and sign up using that code phnx for a hundred dollars in free bets when you bet a dollar on any nfl game and as always make sure you check out 
gophnx.com, become a member. Um, Craig posts stories almost almost daily. Um, so there's a lot of great content on there, not just from Craig, but from all the other amazing writers at PHNX as well. Um, that annual membership, you get a free shirt with it. If you want to do month to month, you can try us out first month, 50 cents. Um, the Coyote shirt, best-selling shirt, it's getting restocked this week. So check the PHNX locker. Um, more shirts coming soon as well throughout the year. And lastly, make sure you follow P- at PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter We'll say it every show. If we hit 5,000 by December, SBO will take a slap shot um, and we will film it for all to see. So very important. Subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all all the things. Um, lots of great content for you on there. So any final notes, Craig? Nope. Just uh, looking forward to it. Uh, next time we talk, Leah, I'll be in Columbus. Yep. So all the right. start of the- <laughs> NHL season is here. Have a great day, everyone.